Hello there, it's Friday, which means it's time once again for the best movie podcast ever. The only movie podcast to offer, hold on, let's just begin to go again, objective and hyperbole free discussion of every movie in the known universe. I've done this 50 times, Anthony, this is episode 50 of, of the best movie podcast ever, and as is tradition... I have not improved one jot from when I did episode one. I still can't remember the intro. I am your host, the podcaster with no name, Conrad. And with me as always, he's like a dreamer, rapper, delagger. <laughs> it's Anthony James. Buongiorno, Conrad. How you doing? I am bueno. I don't think that's Spanish, actually. Um, not I don't, I have, no, I'm not a ling- ling- linguist, so I have no idea. And Spanish and Italian are quite similar languages, so hopefully the Italian uh, for good is similar to Bueno. But yeah, I'm not too bad. I've um, we're talking about the Gucci, and it's not an exaggeration to say the performance of Jared Leto in that movie. Yeah. Uh, it's had the internet ablaze, uh, and it's lived rent free in my head for the last uh, for the last week or so. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm I'm surprised to be honest with you. You told me that Jared Leto was in it. You told me that he sounded like Mario in it when yeah. we when we watched it. Actually, this is the first film that we're doing on this podcast, which Conrad and I went to the cinema to see together. Yep, yeah, it's episode fifty. It's a it's a special occasion, and we marked it by going to the cinema together to watch this movie House of Gucci. Uh, fantastic film. We'll get into it uh, now. Fantastic mm. in not a traditional sense of the word fantastic, but we'll we'll get into it. Um, yeah. So I actually didn't know that Jared Leto was in this, and then you told me he was. And I'm going to be honest with you: if it wasn't for the accent and the fact that he sounded like Mario, I wouldn't have been able to tell it was him. Yeah, he has undergone a prosthetic transformation, which we will dissect in minute detail because. <laughs> um, Everything about that performance needs to be analysed. I think it's safe to say. Um, So, without further ado, let's talk about some gosh darn movies. Let's do it. Movies. Let's talk about them. Um, Before we get into House of Gucci, which we will talk about in in length, in length, at length, at length. You say that. Um, I wanted to briefly mention that I started seeing some reviews. This might might not interest you at all. This might just be me shouting into the void here okay but, um i started seeing some reviews for steven spielberg's remake of west side story West Side story yeah that's coming out fairly soon i think um have you have you got any interest in seeing that i actually do have interest in seeing that I, i'm a bit i like i love musicals obviously but yeah. the thing is i've never actually seen west side story uh oh. so oh. whether i whether i should whether i should watch this i don't know i have flashbacks to my brother watching les miserables for the first time the Russell Crowe version, uh, mm. or the Hooper version, I should say, and and for a good six months, I couldn't convince him that it wasn't the best version. So I'm afraid of being that annoying person who thinks this is the best version of it. So I think maybe mm. I'll quickly go and like uh, listen to like the the original cast or something first before I see it, just in case I turn into that annoying person. Yeah, well, I mean, I believe um, in in you know related sadder news that uh, Stephen Sondheim. Um, wrote the music for it um who passed away this week and um that is, it's great uh, that's, I mean, that's a that's a cruel twist of fate isn't it yeah yeah it is um but um the music is brilliant it's very i like i like west side story a lot you have to be in the right frame of mind to watch it i think because okay. there, there's like there's like a school of musicals that are very sort of traditional you've got like your kind of uh, uh fred astaire or your yeah. um or your oh what's his name um from uh, singing in the rain name's completely gone out of my head now but um 
the uh, Gene Kelly, um, Gene yes. Kelly um, musicals, who are, which are like much more kind of straight laced, and um, there's there's a lot of personality to them, but it's not uh, West Side Story kind of captures a jazziness that those don't have, and it can come across as really camp sometimes and really ridiculous, like kind of people would be walking around like clicking and being like keep it cool daddy oh and it's like okay this is <laughs> this is ridiculous but in kind of a good way but you have to be ready for that um but apparently steven spielberg's remake is it's getting really good reviews so and and, okay. and i'll be honest I, I was one of the people who when it was announced was very much like why does this movie need to be remade like what what but, yeah what possible benefit could there be in it but seems like he's done a good job but also like spielberg gangs of new york jurassic park et it's funny, like, I, I heard that he apparently has been trying to make this his whole career, and I'm just like, oh, like, for, for like 20 years or something. I'm like, this is, this is not the film I would have expected him to be sort of having on the back burner trying to get done, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I don't know where, uh, like, where it's been in his, like, priority list mm-hmm. or why it's taken him this long, but it sounds like it's okay, so maybe he's done a good job of it. Hopefully it keeps the kind of camp jazziness, uh, but gets rid of the brown face because... That's difficult to watch. Oh, that, okay. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, the, there's only one, I want to say, Hispanic actor or Latinx um, uh, actor actually in the movie. And I believe they darkened her skin to match all the other white actors who they made wear brown face. So, like, you don't look dark enough. They, so they, they, actually, they actually made uh, a non-white person go darker just to match yeah. the white people who <laughs> yeah, were darker. Because they're like, that's not believable skin colour for that someone is, of your race. The, yeah, like is. we accidentally made the only non-white person look like the only white person. Yeah. But they, they essentially doubled down on their racism. Like, not only did they, did they like you know make white people wear brown face but they insulted the one non-white person on in the fucking movie but Absolutely it's still a great ridiculous. movie it's right. um it's just uh you know it's a product of its time to a certain okay. extent well i'm looking forward to it okay well so this week let's get into it we're talking about house of gucci now um i don't know how much you've been keeping up with uh ridley scott's latest uh war of words with just anyone really he's just a bit of a cantankerous old man these days and will get very cross about the mo- most minor things um superman the... is it superhero movies again uh no so this time around it's millennials uh oh, of course it is. Ru- avocado they, toast they... no so he he spent the last few weeks raging about how millennials ruined the box office for the last duel which mm-hmm. i think was only in cinemas in the uk for about 24 hours because it completely passed me by that it come out um but he's raging against them because they want to consume everything on their phones now so that's oh, okay. it's a millennial's fault um i think i think actually th- th- okay it's interesting that they're still using the word millennials because that yeah that, i'm a millennial <laughs> like, yeah, yeah like I, I would i think they mean zoomers and even yeah, even then and even then i don't agree because they still go to the cinema but i i i, yeah. I, I don't i think he means zoomers anyone younger than yeah. like a 50 year old is a millennial <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's very it's very much like how everyone older than like twenty five is a boomer in the mm-hmm. like yeah, every yeah. to to two actual boomers like Ridley Scott. Uh, the the yeah anyone anyone like younger than them is a millennial, despite the fact that millennial. I mean, admittedly, I'm an old millennial, but technically speaking, I'm I I a thirty four year old man. I'm a millennial, and I can tell you right now, I could watch a movie without looking at my phone, Ridley. Um, yeah, Wrigley, uh, uh, Wrigley, old Wrigley. Um, <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's weird as well because loads of other movies seem to have done fine <laughs> recently. So, um, 
I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's yeah, the, yeah. the quality of the film or the Well, actually, also, it. it's like, also, it's your own fault. Like, even in your own uh, planning for it, you realised it wasn't going to be any good at the box office. It's already on Disney+. <laughs> Plus. It's already on Disney+. Yeah. Plus. So that's, that's how bad they thought it was going to do. They planned for this. But um, I will say as well, uh, the, my biggest pet peeve uh, of uh, old people slagging off millennials or Zoomers or whatever is the fact that every single old person I have ever known Boomer I shall say every single one I have ever known when they are given the technology and the chance to do what they slag off the younger generations to do mm. they will do it tenfold have you ever seen like the like the, you know your the, the father of the family who's now like 60 years old who finally gets his first smartphone he treats the family group chats like a 25 year old woman treats Facebook it's yeah. exactly the same and way more cringe that's all I'll yeah. say yeah, Ridley. So basically, what we're saying is, we need to get Ridley Scott on TikTok because he will. Oh love yeah, it. yeah, he um, love it. Yeah. So an interesting. I mean, last year, financial failure, whatever. Ridley Scott's a grumpy old man. Still makes good movies, but um, you know, I, I I stopped listening to what Ridley Scott had to say about anything um, outside of his films a long time ago. He interestingly, I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, because I don't think you've seen it either, but he insisted that no one in The Last Duel attempt a French accent, despite it being a movie about about French knights. Uh, presumably because it would yeah. sound ridiculous, which makes his decision. And I'm not gonna. Uh, this is me. Pr- uh, this is me priming the pump here. I'm not gonna talk about it just yet because we've got to hold off on talking about yeah. Jared Leto, or we'll talk about uh, nothing else. Yeah. But it makes his decision to presumably give carte blanche to Jared Leto <laughs> to turn in the performance he did in the House of Gucci baffling i, yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, it's yeah, fair yeah. to say i like um, I, the same director who was like matt damon uh what's his name carlo ren adam driver uh matt damon and adam driver mm-hmm. you don't attempt accents in this movie it'll sound ridiculous jared leto i love what you're doing there <laughs> carry, <laughs> carry on with that it's so interesting actually now that you say that i didn't i didn't actually fully obviously i was weird that there was two ridley scott films in the cinema within a month but what's even weirder is that they both starred Adam Driver. Yes, it is. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's weird. Like, they got a back, they that, got a, de- a two for one deal on Adam. Has Grimes that ever contract. happened? Has that ever happened? Has has a director ever and an actor ever had two films that they worked on together released within like a month or two of each other? Has that ever happened? Because that's, that's well, interesting. Like, I can't think of any now. I'm trying to think of some. Obviously, because of COVID, mm. it happened. You know, but that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, that is kind of crazy. I can't think of any others off the top of my head. Write in and let us know if you can think of one. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, right. We're going to do it. We're going to talk about House of Gucci. So for those those of you who don't know, uh, this is a 2021 release. It came out uh, about two weeks ago now, I think. Directed by Ridley Scott. It's a Stephen Levinson adaptation of a Sarah Gay Jordan book starring uh, Lady Gaga as Patrizia Reggiani. I'm not going to do the Italian accent the whole time. I no, promise. no, it's no, no. Be offensive. Patrizia Gucci. Well, that's yeah. Eventually, <laughs> yes. So she's she's Patrizia Reggiani at the start. Reggiani at the start. I'll just do it in like a Cockney accent and really lean yeah, into. Yeah, yeah. You can correctly. actually use that accent. Yeah. You map it. Um, and she she is essentially a a young. <clears throat> well, it's an interesting performance from her. Um, we might as well talk a little bit about it now. Mm-hmm. because i think we agreed on this when we came out of the cinema she's kind of bright-eyed and relatively innocent at the beginning um mm-hmm. and she runs into Maurizio gucci played by adam driver and i think the intention was for us to immediately be like uh-oh 
cash registers in her eyes. And you, you did say you leaned across to me and said, uh, I, I don't, I, I didn't speak the whole way through the cinema, but I did make one or two jokes at the very no. beginning. I don't want to, I don't want to throw it, push, like throw James under the bus here. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was mentioned at the beginning. Uh, the 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 first line of um, of Kanye West Gold Digger, um, <laughs> because the first line, all right. Not the whole thing. Look, I'm not. I'm not I, I didn't sit and sing a whole song at you in the no. cinema. Um, but um, yeah, so I think we're supposed to interpret her as being quite conniving and scheming. But I really didn't get that from Lady Gaga's performance. I, I, and, and in fact, up until like the halfway point in the movie, I was like, I feel like this movie wants us to have quite a not necessarily sympathetic stance towards this character, but they certainly don't want us to be judging this character. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I felt I felt similar actually. I, I think I think it's interesting to say, um, like, oh yeah, let's point out as well. We will go into more. We'll go into full spoilers. It's a new release, so we'll not do full spoilers straight away. Yeah. But I'll say like where her character goes in the very beginning. It actually her character was very similar to like a Star Is Born. I actually thought. Yeah. And yeah. And like she was like this sort of bright-eyed, bushy-tailed young woman. There was aspects, I suppose, of her like sort of stalking. Uh, what's What's the Gucci that Maurizio um, Gucci, Maurizio Gucci, Gucci driver, yeah, yeah Adam She was kind of stalking him in retrospect. That's maybe what they were going for. But Conrad and I both agreed, and this is interesting. You're hearing our pre- our after cinema chat now on the podcast. Um, we both sort of were talking about that. That it was like a light switch going from her original character into the sort of more Gucci wife character. Uh, it mm. was like a light switch. Um, maybe on a rewatch there would be hints, but it did feel like it came out of nowhere, kinder to us. It, it was, it was, a, it, yeah. was it, it didn't really sneak up on you. It uh, just came out of out of the dark for us, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, I mean, so without giving too much away, th- th- this movie is essentially a kind of a sprawling kind of backstabbing political drama not political but the the, the politics family, of the gucci family. family politicals yeah yeah, yeah um, and basically about this family kind of tearing itself apart in in the midst uh, of a succession crisis when um when rodolfo gucci uh played by jeremy irons who's mauricio gucci's father uh dies and essentially the, the kind of internal politics that go on and mm. um it, it, but the the kind of key um narrative tension in the movie is that we know at the end of the movie there is going to be a murder uh, we, yeah. we don't know going into it who is murdered unless you know the story of what actually happens it's based mm-hmm. on based on real life um but um but that's kind of where we're going um with, with the story and yeah it, i i think the lady gaga's performance of patricia reggiani is good but I feel like the movie wants us to believe that they that there was a point where they were truly in love and they mm-hmm. they depict things quite explicitly like them getting her getting married to Maurizio when they are poor um yeah. and not being kind of not seeking out money at all which yeah yeah is, exactly it's fine I I have no problem with them doing that kind of rags to riches story and the riches corrupting them mm-hmm. but I think in this case they do a really poor job of explaining why the riches corrupt them if that is indeed what they were going for that there's there's just a as you've kind of alluded to there's just a point about halfway through this movie where both of them just start behaving like dickheads for no reason and and kind of yep. stop loving each other and, and i think I, I i ridley scott movies are sometimes guilty and certainly ones that he's made in the last 20 years are often guilty of this for me the martian is, is another one where it's like it seems fine on the surface, but as soon as you start actually thinking about what the characters are doing and kind of looking for some some kind of 
believable emotional drive for the characters it's like none of this really makes that much sense it kind of passes as a squint test but there isn't actually that much going on beneath the surface mm-hmm. of this movie mm-hmm. and i think that's true here too yeah you know i know i completely agree with you i actually think that this is a really confused movie i think that ridley scott doesn't really know what he's trying to do there's aspects of it trying to be like a paul thomas anderson yeah uh very sort of stripped back uh character study there's aspects of it yeah. trying to be uh, like fe- coen brothers movie at times with the yes. comedy that they try to introduce into yeah. like a dark drama um yeah, exactly we'll yeah, talk, maybe a, talk yes. about that a bit more when we get to jared leto's performance <laughs> yeah well i was going to allude to that slightly here is that yes it comes across a little bit like that to me like like it's a very confused thing it's sort of like trying to be a sort of a stripped back character study like a paul thomas anderson with coen brothers aspects in there as well with the, with the comedy aspects in there but at the same time, it doesn't really have the character of a Coen Brothers film. No, it doesn't, not at all. And it, do, and it doesn't have the like the artistry of a Paul Thomas Anderson film. So it's sort of in no man's land, you know. And yeah. and I and I th- and I think that they tried to go for an awful lot and they failed a lot of the time. Now the the two main performances, as, we, as we've mentioned, Maurizio uh, Gucci as well as Patricia Reggiano by Lady Gaga and Adam Driver they were very very good and i'm a big fan yeah. of both um i've only seen lady gaga in like one other thing that was a star is born mm. but i am a fan of her in general anyway just you know uh, but adam driver i'm a particular fan of i think he's a very good actor and yeah. i and i think they they uh, if it wasn't for them it it would it would have been very hard to get through um, oh absolutely they 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 put this on their back i think and mm-hmm. carry it uh, for the most part yeah. um okay so um essentially the 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 kind of i guess the early tension in the plot comes from uh, uh patrizia begins to push Maurizio to betray his family that's that's kind of um mm-hmm. that's kind of established fairly early on i don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say exactly um um to, or to say broadly what's going to happen there but as, as we've kind of well, said she wants mean- power doesn't she and, yeah and, and there is there is influences in her in her life pushing her towards that power as well yeah. um i mean there is the introduction of the character pina which uh i'm sure you wanted to mention very very briefly uh pina is played by selma selma hayek and she is yep. basically a tv uh mystic woman uh yeah. who who tell who talks who uh patricia rings up and asks like you know how am i going to get on in life she does like a tarot card reading and mm-hmm. and says actually you are going to be very successful you're going to be very powerful you're going to marry a powerful man all that sort of stuff and it sort of alludes to now we can do it very briefly here but sort of alludes to the magic might be real <laughs> oh i don't i don't even think there's any doubt about it to be honest like there are there are events that unfold throughout this movie which are cut with patrizia vid- visiting pina in her yeah. in her f- house and then also in like expensive spars and stuff it, it, it kind of oh they became very that, good friends very good hint, friends. Well, yeah and like kind of hinting that and like like that pina is maybe exploiting her for her money a little bit there's a there's mm-hmm. a moment later where she's like yeah, I, need, yeah. I need to get revenge and pina says well let's go away on a holiday to barbados or whatever it is and come back and then we'll yeah. worry about and then we'll worry about that like it's um you know it feels quite manipulative but there are scenes where uh something of an event is transpiring that are cut with lady gaga's uh patrizia talking to pina where pina makes uh, patrizia aware of the events that are trans uh, uh, are um unfolding the implication yeah, as, if, as if she being, has a screen in her mind looking at them yeah yeah the implication being that, that pina is somehow aware of these events and is able to inform patrizia reggiani of them or patrizia <laughs> gucci at that point of them 
it's it's just and and it's a completely unfleshed out character like there's no yeah. we know nothing about Peanut until it becomes time for her to uh use her underworld connections to hire a hitman essentially yeah, they, they yeah, just, yeah the movie and i think that's one of the things that i find really frustrating about this movie is it's just such a fundamentally incurious movie with any of its characters like it's it's sort of like okay who's this this kind of tv uh medium charlatan who's manipulating patrizia reggiani like are we going to spend any time with her to kind of understand her motivations and understand their relationship no we're not we're going to have a couple of cutaways where she literally acts she literally just acts as a device to give exposition to that character Mm -hmm. and to the audience um and then she will uh kind of instigate uh the main the main kind of threat of the final third that's all she does and it's that's kind of true of so many characters in this movie, I think. Yeah, like uh, you, just, I didn't want to mention it earlier, but you mentioned it, like Pina hiring a hitman. There, that's another thing that I felt like it was trying to be was like almost like I Tonya, like and like that, yes. like the, yeah. the underworld scheming of trying to, you know, and it, I just didn't work. Like it's, it's just confused me. But yeah. anyway, I've, I've been there. It's just it's it was it it wasn't even like it was showing influences. It was just like it was trying to be these things, uh, and you know. What? I think it's really interesting you mentioned Itonia because I think that's definitely an influence on this. Um, I think what Itonia succeeds in doing that this doesn't is it, it commits itself to being like, no, this is a character who did horrible things, but we should feel sorry for them because of the mm-hmm. circumstances yes. around them and the people around them that kind of manipulated them into this no-win situation. Mm-hmm. I thought Itonia did a great job of that. I think this it's not even curious about lady gaga's character like she's a nice person and then suddenly she's not a nice person yeah. and there's no there's nothing that makes nothing it about like, her childhood nothing about her no, like, pe- it's, it's, her relationship with her family like her she's nothing. just like she's she seems nice basically that's all there is that's all there is to it um mm-hmm. okay so i, I want to talk spoilers in a second because we have to get into jared Leto. we just simply must the, the the last thing i'm going to say before we do this i think um is i wanted to get your take as, as someone who is married to uh someone who is a costume designer mm-hmm. um i i'm not like you know a seamster or whatever the whatever the the the, the term for a male well we, well, we say is. We, we say actor for everyone so let's say seamstress for everyone sure okay i'm not a seamstress yeah. um but um the production design in this particularly the costume design I thought was amazing. I thought that was the one thing about the movie that I was like unreservedly like all of these costumes are amazing, particularly Lady Gaga's. But everyone was dre- was so well dressed in this, and they they sort of had to be. You know, they, this this film about Gucci, which is like sort of the fashion world, it sort yeah. of ha- it sort of had to be. And I agree with you. I think it did. They did really well. I I really liked the the contrast of the char- of the uh, costumes of uh, Jared Leto's character with the rest because yeah. they were very contrasting. But they still felt as part of they they still felt part of the whole, you know. Yeah. Not that everything yeah. about that character felt part of the whole, but the the costume did. I liked it. Yeah, and as you say, I think they kind of had to. I think that's the bare minimum, honestly. I don't want to you know diminish the one part of the movie that's really good, but I think that's the bare minimum they could have done. Because to be honest, the movie doesn't seem that interested in really talking about the world of fashion all that much. There's maybe yeah, I think there's two fashion shows in the whole thing, and and there's barely any mention of the products that they actually make aside from a couple of minor plot points um which is does yeah it does feel to be honest with you like a film made for people who would have remembered that this being in the news it's like um Mm. it's like it's it's like when we went to the cinema most of the people in there like actually most of the people in that cinema were like it was like 
couples of not actual couples but pairs of women in their 60s that's yeah. what it seemed to be most people who were watching this film like two women in their 60s go into the cinema to see house of gucci uh and it it must be this in the 90s they were like oh yeah i remember that being on t- i remember that happening about their yeah. gucci and there's a little f- of the fashion brand built in there and it was all mysterious so they're going to watch the story of what actually happened in the news that's sort of what i feel this film was made for <laughs> yeah i think i think that's i think that's fair um okay right we're gonna talk spoilers now i'm not gonna oh, get conrad, too before we do I'd, conrad Go before we do I want to say, the fact that my wife is a, is a costume designer or costume worker is not one of my qualifications. Don't put yourself down, Conrad. We have the same amount of experience. <laughs> well, that's that is true. Yeah, I mean, you probably know better than me, but I'm happy through to, osmosis. Happy... Through through osmosis, I yeah, get it. Through, yeah, yeah, through simply through being around those sewing machines for as long as you are. They have like a kind of radiation. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That that makes people aware of what a good cut is. Um, okay, so we are going to talk spoilers, but I'm not. I'm not going to talk like full plot spoilers because this is a new movie. I don't think we really need to talk about you know what happens at the end of the movie, but we're going to have to talk about Jared Leto now. We've been putting it off for too long. We have to. Um, now, Jared Leto is an actor who I, I don't think it's unfair to say we both quite strongly dislike. Um, well, I, well, to be honest with you, as an actor is in, in film, I mean, if he didn't do the Joker, I might not have too much bad to say about him, except for this, obviously. But in real life, I, I just don't like the guy at all. I, you know, yeah. There's the stories about what he did to, talking about Itonia, what he did to Margot Robbie on the set i don't want to go over again on the set yeah. of uh of, of that suicide court film there's there's lots of stories about him holding retreats for 30 seconds to mars where he's basically like a cult leader there there's, mm. there's a lot about jared leto i do not like he seems to have a messiah complex um yeah. but but uh overall his acting has not really offended me that much except for the joker and of course this yeah i think um I, i'm trying to think what i've actually seen him in i guess dallas buyers club i was kind of like this is fine but I, that seems like one of those performances that i might go back to and be like actually this should have just been played by a by a by a trans a trans yeah at uh, the time actor. it was like at the time it seemed like it was groundbreaking but actually in the in the the lens of 2021 perhaps it's like okay he did that to get an award yeah. you know what i mean um but i think it's fair to say i'm not going into a movie where jared letters in it being like i can't wait to see jared I can't wait. He's not a draw. He's not a draw. (laughs) With that said, I went into this movie like a kid on Christmas Eve because I had seen (laughs) I had seen some clips of Jared Leto's performance on Twitter, um, and I I I whispered in kind of like reverent tones to to Anthony while we sat down before the film had started that like I've heard that Jared Leto's performance in this is one of the funniest things um, (laughs) about the movie, and. It is you, not you an exaggeration. Not <laughs> it's not an exaggeration to say that this is the hardest I have laughed at a movie <laughs> in years. Maybe decades, to be honest. Boof. Jared Leto <laughs> Boof. Jared Leto doesn't know what kind of movie he's in. Yeah. And that's bad in and of itself. For an actor to to totally misread the um the tone of the scenes that they're in the 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 way there are the actors around them are performing but then for a director to allow that to happen yeah is mind-boggling so uh, the the best way i can describe it to people who haven't seen it you you've seen the american office haven't you anthony yeah yeah you know i, I hate to reference the american office because it's like you know it's ev- everyone who's incredibly boring's favorite tv show but whatever um not mine i'm very interesting that remains to be seen 
I, I don't know why I say that. I've known you for like ten years. Like it's like it's not like it's not like the jury's out. Um, do you know when when Michael Scott attends improv sessions and everyone's <laughs> yeah. acting and having fun, and then Michael Scott interjects and and says like freeze FBI and turns whatever scene everyone yeah. else is in into like an FBI raid, and they all just have to get on yeah. board. That's what Jared Leto does in this movie. Like yeah. everyone's having like that's great. Don't get don't get me wrong. There is like comedy in this movie. Like Al Pacino's performance is kind of ridiculous, even by Al Pacino standards. Yeah. And he and he he was making me laugh. Like what the, literally the first thing he does is he's he's getting a a massage um uh, while he's reading the newspaper and he sees that patrizia and mauricio have gotten married and it's like this comedic massage where he's like oh get my back get my back ah! and he's like <laughs> yeah. kind of you know sh- like shuffling around and he reads yeah. in the newspaper and he goes like what is this <laughs> so it's like he literally sounds like wario when he, he does sound it. like wario yeah and that's fine i can deal with a little bit of comedy that's not a problem but but he is like a shrinking violet compared to Jared Leto, who is just, he's just a parody of a human being in this. Um, yeah. Well, he feels like, to be honest with you, it's like in a comedy film, that there'll always be that, like, even, it's, it's funny that even in a comedy film where everything's funny, they, they still have a character whose sole purpose is, is, laugh, is like getting a laugh. Yeah. Like they have comic relief within a comedy, you know. So I'm thinking of like Danny McBride in most films he's in. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of like David Spade or or uh, Rob Schneider in in a in a in Adam Sandler film. <laughs> it's like a character who, even though it's a comedy, their job is to only be as stupid as as possible. Now, because of that, it's already a comedy. So therefore, the thing that they're doing is so crazy that it's not realistic at all. Hmm. Take that unrealistic comic relief character from an Adam Sandler film, put them into this. And you've got Jared Leto, and it's not. Yeah. There's no bridge whatsoever between the seriousness to him. He is that mental comic relief in a comedy already, on steroids. He's Danny yeah. McBride in Pineapple Express, in a film trying to get Oscars. I mean, yeah, I think that's absolutely right, and I, and I think. Make no mistake about it. His performance is the best thing about this movie, and the first <laughs> yeah, half. I mean, it is the, genuinely the, the, funny. The first half of the movie, I was literally in tears at points, <laughs> laughing yeah, yeah. at his performance. And there's, there's, you know, I, I think we both agree that that when his character kind of takes a back seat in the movie in the second half, that's when the movie gets bad because there's yeah. nothing saving it at that point. Is it? But. I don't think he understands why his performance is good, and I don't think Ridley Scott understands why his performance is good yeah. either. So I've got a I've got a couple of um I've got a couple of lines here that I just wanted to slip in. <laughs> I don't like quoting lines of funny performances because they'll inevitably not be as funny as the actor saying them. But so I've already said one. At one point, he refers to um while Lady Gaga's trying to kind of keep him sweet. He plays Paolo Gucci, I should say, the, Paolo Gucci. the, the cousin of Mauricio Gucci. And uh, Lady Gaga, Patrizia Reggiani, or Gucci at this point, is trying to keep him sweet, and she's kind of convincing him that maybe he could put out his own line. And it's been a running thing at this point that he's incompetent and terrible and his clothes are awful. But she's complimenting his stuff, and he describes uh, a costume that she's looking at as like a dream wrapped in lycra. And then they both (laughs) dance. They both just start dancing, and it's like, not just, you know, like, not like a romantic dance, just like a, oh, oh, like that kind of dance. Like, it's just makes no sense um there's a scene later on where he's raging at them for having done something that displeased him and he says don't confuse chocolate and shit they might might look the same which they don't but they taste very different and it's just like 
but who has these but, lines? But Conrad, Conrad, the delivery of that line is so funny. He says, "Don't confuse oh. chocolate and poo." And then he then he takes up like a literally like a fifteen second pause and he goes, "Yeah, they taste very different." Yeah. So, uh, okay, so we've got a. I'm gonna try and do an, a, a kind of facsimile of the of the accent now because everyone else in this movie is trying to do pretty what sound like they pass the the, the kind of squint test of Italian accents. Now I've actually heard. Yeah some people who know better than me saying his accent is actually probably closer to an Italian accent than uh, than than anyone else's. I'm not going to lie. The, the one Italian person that I know more than any other Italian person I've ever met, um, he sounds very similar to this guy. Yeah. He's, he's from Sicily, so I don't know if that makes a difference, but he is actually, you know, the stereotypical Mario... You know, when he when he when we'll say when he wants to be. Obviously, yeah. when he's sitting just having a serious conversation with you, he doesn't sound like that. But but you know, it's sort of like when when I go into my full on Australian boy. You know, it's like yeah. uh, <laughs> it's sort of it's sort of like that. You know, but he yeah. he's he's like that all the time in this film. Yeah, and um, but so I think I, I, I can't judge the quality of the I can't judge judge the legitimacy of the accent. All I can judge it against is the other accents in the film. Mm-hmm. And it sounds nothing like any of them. Like everyone else no, is kind of yeah. is kind of like you know fairly, fairly muted. You know they're they're mm-hmm. they're keeping things on a pretty low level. And then he comes in and he's like, "It's me, a Paolo. How could you?" And it's just like that's literally how he sounds. Uh, that's I, not even a joke. That's it's how unbelievable he the way he sounds. Like he sounds like a parody. He sounds like <laughs> Mario, and. Even if it's the most accurate Italian accent in the world, if no one else in the movie is doing an accent like that, you can't do an accent like that because it won't make sense. You can't be go like, full Italian. You can't go full Italian. It, 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 it would be like if everyone in The Departed sounded like Ray Winston, who was clearly just doing a Cockney accent, um, yeah. like kind of thinly veiled as a Boston accent, and then one person did like the most fucking a goodwill hunting accent in the universe. It just wouldn't make sense. Um, but yeah, it, it like it's. I can't recommend it enough for his performance. Like it is literally a treasure to be to be protected at all costs. I, think. I, I honestly, honestly, I I agree one hundred percent with you. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. But also, I would watch it again in a heartbeat. Also, oh, what do you, yeah. what I'll say is, well, we we sort of said boof a few a few times there. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me, exp- let, me ex- let me explain that to the audience yeah. here. So basically, they decide in the last literally like the last twenty minutes of the film. Mm. to give this character a catchphrase yep. so like three times in the last 20 minutes of the film he uses the word boof yeah boof and boof. what ha- yeah. boof boof right <laughs> and what happens is at the very last scene where what he's in which is a big build up build up build up it's and a then, very like, emotional scene it was very emotional to be. it doesn't work Pacino, at all al pacino is doing brilliantly in it then they have to leave the room they get like kicked out right and they get kicked out and this is the end of their their, their story arc and uh, he turns around after this big, like, sort of slow move out of the room. He turns around, having only been introduced to this word in the last ten minutes. He turns around and says, "Boof." Yeah. <laughs> it's meant to be this big thing, and, and it leaves the movie. Yeah, leaves the movie, and it, it, it's a catch. It is his catchphrase, like it is. Yeah, but it's only been there for ten minutes. But it's but okay. Uh, like the most unforgivable thing about that scene, I think, obviously, the, the catchphrase is insane that they try to give him a catchphrase, and that late in the movie. The real thing that upset me about that that scene, though, is that you know Al Pacino's character is kind of ridiculous but that's his character's lowest ebb you know it's supposed to be yeah. this moment where this this previously warm and um you know powerful man is brought to his knees by the machinations of the gucci family and, and the kind of backstabbing and, 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 this... the, and the owners of as roma football club 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those bastards. Um, <laughs> and, he, you know, it's this big, like, kind of Willie Loman moment where it's like, a man is not a piece of fruit. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's, he's raging against the dying of the light. And n- you can't take any of it seriously because sat next to him is fucking Jared Leto in, like, a purple and lime green... <laughs> tracksuit and you're just waiting for him to say some stupid shit and then lo and behold you know they leave the room and he just turns around and you know with a face that suggests that he's about to emit some profound sentence just goes boof and then leaves the room and that's the end of the scene and they're not in the movie anymore and it's just like how dare you do it like how how oh i can't yeah no it's 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 absolutely mind-blowing that ridley scott made that decision yeah think of all the character exits uh from from films especially even just take one take the film alien all the all the all the exits from that film and uh no he he gives gives him a boof his iconic moment (laughs) yeah this is the same guy who allowed uh rutger hauer to ad-lib the uh, tears in the rain monologue from Blade Runner, <laughs> and 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 you know this is this is up there with with that as uh, as one of the great character exits. Although although there was actually some ad living, so apparently I did read that uh, Lady Gaga. Uh, apparently, that every film for some reason has to have something that comes out and they go, "Did you know that that was ad libbed?" So the one that they said that was ad libbed here was whenever uh, Lady Gaga went said, uh, uh, "Father, Son, and House of Gucci." That's yeah. uh, apparently uh, ad libbed, uh, which isn't which. Conrad, you said, "Oh yeah, no doubt that's ad libbed," as if like, yeah, it obviously is. But in my head, I'm like, really? I could see, I could see like the Gucci family apparently hates this film, but I could see, I could see them starting doing that in their real life. <laughs> that just <laughs> that feels like one of those lines that I I can't see a competent writer actually writing because it feels yeah, yeah. it feels like something that someone in like a Quentin Tarantino movie would say, where it's like incredibly yeah. stylized dialogue to match the sort of stylized presentation of the movie and it works in those kind of movies but in this where everything's a bit more grounded apart from Jared Leto's performance it just stood out to me as like I don't know that's, it feels like Aaron Sorkin dialogue or something so I guess what I'm saying is I totally could see that in in, in a script actually yeah yeah exactly no, it, I, I yeah certain certain writers could do it but I just you know I just I just think that that is a something that the House of Gucci is going to take on although apparently oh, yeah. actually what's interesting now you will find this interesting Conrad I also read that apparently when this film is released, now I don't think when they filmed it was the case, but when this film is released, the investment group that's headed by Salma Hayek's husband mm. bought Gucci. Oh, really? So Salma Hayek's husband owns Gucci now. Uh, oh, that's a conflict of interest. Isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't actually. I don't really know how that works as a conflict of interest. It's like she needs well, to act she... good to make the movie show them in a good light, I guess. So that, well, yeah. Well, so I suppose no. She actually, her character hates the old owners. So I suppose that's okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she, everything that she does is in service of um, mm-hmm. of establishing that that the new owners are far far more competent than the old ones. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk. Let's talk final thoughts then. So I feel like mm-hmm. I've I've kind of said my piece. I, th- I think Leto's performance is kind of it's a very mm-hmm. one note performance, and I think it's like ultimately indicative of the whole movie in that it's full of like paper thin characters played by actors trying their absolute best to flesh them out like i have no doubt that jared leto was trying very hard yeah because you don't produce a performance like that unless you're really trying and that's what makes it so funny is that he's trying so hard and failing so spectacularly um what what did you think of it though um yeah no i did i I didn't have much fun fondness to say 
Um, you know me, guys, the wee borders factor, like, it, it wasn't really there. There wasn't enough sprawling no. green fields. They did go to a farm once. They uh, did. They could have saved it, but it was mostly uh, very concrete very sort of modern buildings. So even in the aesthetic, the aesthetic was okay. Um, the mm. actual story of the film, okay. It just felt like literally they were saying, and then this happened, and then this happened. Um, yeah. I would have loved some more background for the characters. I don't really understand. If you're centering it around uh, Patricia uh, Reggiano, I don't understand why we weren't shown her past, why we weren't even shown her relationship with her own family. I want yeah. to see her relationship with her family compared to the Gucci's. Apparently, they had to cut out like 12 different Gucci siblings or something from this film. <laughs> so that just shows you like... If, if Jared if, Leto was the one they left in, yeah, imagine in. what those other performances were like. Yeah, they like, they, just... they they left left him in to the. Story. One of one of them is like literally Waluigi, just like wow, <laughs> yeah, as yeah. he runs around in a purple suit and a cigar. Yeah, I just feel like you know, if you're already cutting out from the real story that much, to the point where you're literally only keeping two of the cousins out of like twenty or something, I really think that you probably could have pared it down even more. And actually put more more work into the characters, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, but anyway, yeah. So overall, very very average. What kind, of, what, what kind of what kind of rating would you give it? Let's talk right. ratings. Rating. Okay. Well, I'm gonna give it a two. I'm gonna give it a two. Okay. Yeah. I I I gave it the very rare combination on my letterbox of I gave it two stars, but I also gave it a heart because, as you said before, I would watch this again in a heartbeat because that performance. <laughs> I need other people to see it. I need I need to show it to people because yeah. I can't believe that that's a real thing that happened it's so funny um but i mean uh, yes. i mean chris pratt watch out that's all i'll say uh i'm pretty yeah. sure we've got oh. our new mario we've got our new i mario. want I, I want the the paolo gucci extended universe after this i want as many movies <laughs> starring this character as we can possibly get and i don't want jared leto to ever be aware that people are laughing at him because imagine that's, if, that's imagine if you were paolo gucci I don't know if he's. I looked up. That's another thing. I looked up pictures of Paolo Gucci after this movie. He looks nothing like Jared Leto's character in this. Well, obviously he's passed away now. But could you imagine, like, this is this is the way that you are portrayed in a movie, and this is how he'll be remembered forever. Like, I mean, he's you know he was balding, and you know he was maybe a little bit on the chunkier side, but he's not like this fat guy wearing ill-fitting shirts with really long hair and like the you know the, the the crown of power kind of bald spot, like that accentuates the long hair it's just like it was nuts how bad like how little it looked like him um but uh but anyway that's house of gucci i think we'll we'll leave that there and we'll uh, we'll we'll end the show as we always do uh by answering one simple question and that is anthony what is your favorite movie this week my favorite movie this week is going to be i didn't actually think about this um i mean i'll i'll, I'll say my house of gucci so if you want to okay, oh, is fine. It? okay no i'm gonna say yeah. i tonya i i i tonya is a great film if you haven't seen it watch it it's better than it this. is yeah i i tonya is like a better version of this i think yeah. in every way house of gucci for me just for the leto performance alone <laughs> Um, and that just leaves us to say thank you to Nancy Wyatt and Jared Iscariot for the use of our theme song you can find links to their stuff down in the description below uh, and thank you to you for listening thank you so much for you know sticking with us for 50 episodes I can't believe we made it to 50 we're almost almost a year through this we're, 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 we're still... almost we're almost okay at it we're, you know we're, we're getting yes we're, I would give us a two star rating yeah, um, yeah and we started on a one so by that logic maybe in a decade or so or eight years now will be up to five star. So stick yeah. with us. And stick see with us. You know, it's, it's a slow train, but we're the little engine, <laughs> we're the little engine that could. 
Yeah, exactly. We'll keep on chugga 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 chugga. That's us going uphill. Um, so if you get involved in the comments, let us know what you've seen. Let us know if you've seen House of Gucci and how that performance affected your life. Um, I'd love to hear it. Uh, give sure a like. It really does, uh, really does help. And subscribe if you aren't already. We are the Culture Cave on YouTube, and we're the best movie podcast ever on podcasting apps. And we will see you same time, same place next week. Oof. <laughs>